0: good evening sugar tits what's the crack can you hear me oh what a weird energy to start with what yeah i can what was that accent
1: um... hello adam it's Clem fandango can you hear me
0: Yes, I can hear you, Clem Fandango.
1: That's what what that was going for.
0: (laughs) I forgot about that show. What a a great... uh, Just as a character construction... What what a weird way to start a podcast. But yeah, as, as a character construction, Clem Fandango is fantastic. Because not only is, yes, I can hear you, Clem Fandango, a great catchphrase. The character progression of Clem himself from starting out as an intern... To running the entire audio recording studio within a couple of weeks. If if you, people are listening and have no idea what we're talking about, this is Toast of London, where Matt Berry is a voice, uh, a voice actor, and this kid just goes from intern to running the studio basically within like four episodes. It's fantastic.
1: It's brilliant. It's a brilliant show altogether. I mean, the imagination in it is incredible.
0: Yeah, and Arthur Matthews in general. I mean, that's an Arthur Matthews' gig,
1: isn't it? It is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, pick. I
0: mean, he's he's genius. How he wrote Father Ted all on his own, I'll have no idea.
1: Um, mm. I don't know. I, don't, I dislike the idea of discrediting.
0: I know, yeah. I was just uh, going for a cheap dig.
1: It's a cheap dig, yeah.
0: But at the same time, he's a real shithead.
1: Yeah, I guess, like, he believes this stuff. But I don't know how the fuck you spend that much energy on... Hating people. Yeah, just fucking rowing with people.
0: Mm. Yeah, I mean, obviously, again, we're talking about Graham Lenehan. How he went from, you know, being quite a seemingly liberal, or at least libertarian, very witted writer, to just being on the wrong side of social history is beyond me.
1: It's, it's this one issue. I mean, and he's coming at it from a a feminist perspective even though it's trans exclusive radical feminism you know it's it's just a it's just just where he's at like but the the whole the whole thing uh in that that debate I, and twitter is such a shittoscope a shitosphere. that's what i should say not a shittoscope a shittoscope would be like shit far away but a shitosphere is a general sphere of shit anyway Twitter is an awful place, and anyone who seems to be participating in that debate seems to be just lacking in any sense of empathy or care. I mean, on both sides, they can't see that, like, to a certain extent, this must be taking a toll on that man's mental health either.
0: Certainly it's taking a toll on his mental health, but the mental effort he's putting into it surely is something he could cut back on himself. Like, now, I've I've blocked him from my feed because I just can't... I think he's gone it from anymore. Twitter
1: now I think he's He's got it expelled
0: Good Because guys. he's just like Especially seeing someone It's like we talk so much About John Cleese Turning into an absolute Dipshit of late Like Lenahan I, I would have idolised I mean Black Books Was fantastic Far mm. was fantastic uh, IT crowd Great Just to see him Pick on A section of society With such vehemence And as a celebrity To really punch At people Who at least he would consider punching down is a uh, is, is an awful awful state of just behaviour from, from someone I mean we he, as Irish he, people should his, respect. His
1: perspective is that he's he's doing he's not doing it I mean he is he is attacking people, but his perspective is that he's defending female rights. But the problem is it's a larger picture than just that. I mean, I I think, you know, again, to go, just go back, I do think he believes exactly what he's doing and he believes it's right. It's just insensitive.
0: It goes far much further than insensitive, though. I mean, it is hate speech against uh, a section of society that need to be recognized as what they are, you know, Mm. that we can't say that he's extolling his beliefs without going well. His beliefs do contradict. The existence of an entire people and he just shouldn't have a fucking horse in the game at all
1: yeah but again like that he seems to see himself as being a sort of a leader in of a specific subset and i you know i i'd like here's the difference you're one that's our wagon um goes around with john waters jama doherty and john waters the two of them I believe they are disingenuous pieces of shit. I believe he is, rather than being a disingenuous piece of shit, he's very misguided as to what he should be doing. I don't think he's disingenuous in that he believes what he's doing. It's just pretty horrible.
0: Well, that's it. Like... I mean, I know you're not defending him, but it almost sounds like you're defending him just by the fact that he believes in what he's saying. But believing in what you're saying doesn't mean you're right, especially no, when no. It, it's it sets uh, back society or at least uh, a society that has got equal rights for for. Yeah, I,
1: but I think I think the the, the big difference is in, in my opinion is somebody who believes something that kind of needs to be altered and checked. The points should be argued. When when but, but whereas if
0: he's got a platform, what he's using his platform to do is attack individuals, not inform a mass.
1: I think there that's a whole argument. Whereas with like Jim O'Darty and John Waters, I think they're just pieces of shit. And It's not even a case of arguing with them because the problem is they're disingenuous. They don't even believe the bullshit that they produce themselves. They're merely trying to motivate the masses to do horrible stuff so that it will benefit them. And I don't believe that that is even a case of arguing anything. I think that's just something that should be completely scuppered and put down. And I do think there's a small bit of a difference there in perception. I think one is is somebody just very badly misguided, and one is just plain bad bastards.
0: I don't know. There's some very mean hearted. He, mean he does spirited. a lot.
1: Of, he does a lot of mean hearted stuff, and there's people then who also say horrible things about him, and it's it's very. I mean, I I do think yeah, I do think the whole thing is, is like you blocked him and I, Ted right. He shouldn't, you shouldn't be listening to his bullshit. But then there's a whole fucking battalion of people uh, having pot shots at him and fucking idly. You know, and it's just kind of like you're feeding the troll. Stop feeding the troll. Well, Delete him, it. let like, him fuck if, off.
0: If, if we want to just be... Because I, I, I kind of get that we're not engaging on what he's talking about. We're just engaging on that he's talking. So maybe we'll take aside the fact that he's talking about a thing that... I At least I believe he's wrong about. But... The fact that he's engaging with people directly and being snarky directly. Like if you want to look at someone who's actually working for a cause as to, as opposed to just being a dipshit. Like fucking if Martin Luther King had Twitter, he wouldn't be getting into spats with the fucking young one next door.
1: Exactly.
0: You know, he'd be posting videos talking to everyone and trying to get a big message out there that's when you believe what you're doing is right and that's when you believe you're going to change hearts and minds if you're just sitting there not really trying to put your ideology out there just sniping at people who don't agree with you or attacking people who are against this uh, ideology you 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 supposed to extol you're you don't deserve anything positive because you're just being a cunt
1: yeah yeah i mean for he's somebody who has a, a significant voice there's so many yeah. o- so many other and better ways he could frame his argument. He could get it out there. The very fact that we're talking about him is, is just because he sits there fucking rowing on his computer with strangers all day.
0: Speaking <laughs> of computer, my fan is going absolutely nuts. So if people can hear that in the background, I'm hoping it'll stop in a minute. Um, yeah, hey Adam.
1: Oh, it's, it's, I, I think I heard it.
0: For fuck's sake! Uh, yeah, no, I I agree. He's been a real, it's yeah, it's bizarre. It, it's it's just another one of these. We live in the in the strangest, darkest timeline. Someone else that has been a real, <laughs> a real public shit, of late, embroiled in a bit of a storm, is Phil Hogan.
1: Did you see the news this evening? Go on. He did an interview on RT, def- defending his position.
0: His position. Uh, his job position or his position, his stance?
1: Well, his both, really. He was saying that he he came back from Europe on, I think, the 29th of June and went golfing on the 13th of August. Now, in my mind, there's that's two weeks has passed anyway at that point. But he said he wasn't a risk to anyone because he had gone to the doctor and got a negative test. And because he got a negative test and he said it was on the citizens' In advice page that if you get a negative test you don't have to quarantine or something so
0: someone what some journalist did put up in the last hour or so the citizens advice thing actually doesn't agree with him at all i, d- I didn't get to read it i just saw that as a a little heading on twitter that's the mm. the citizens citizens advice thing doesn't agree with what he's saying
1: now i will say though just in terms of like and and I think you well know i'm not inclined to defend phil hogan very much but if you go somewhere you come back you get a negative test i mean i don't i don't quite understand why you'd be continuing quarantining why why you would it just doesn't make sense and i mean you can bring in laws and rules and regulations to beat the band but cop on seems to be the the key thing here so like you know if somebody tells you you've you don't have the use of your left leg and you can walk perfectly would you just stay balancing on your right leg first
0: of all like okay that's a fine example but if there are rules there you know you do what you're told because you guarantee someone at our level would get a fucking beating for that and the fact that he's like an eu commissioner people he should be a leader don't be seen at least to break don't these don't be rules. seen
1: but nobody nobody at our level would because i mean like the quarantining I read there, I think 9% of people who got called after having been told that they had to be in quarantine answered the phone. You know, like there's no, there's no repercussion, no more than there was any repercussion really at any point during this whole COVID thing. I mean, there was perceived repercussions, but as, unless you were like spitting at a guard like that fucker blowing cork, you, you know, there there was no repercussions for anything. I mean they they brought in laws and stuff but nah Sorry about that Adam.
0: Our, uh, the internet dropped there so we have to um pretty much pick up in middle of conversation. I think we we were talking about Phil Hogan and How he's just been faffing around Ireland. Like he's been going. He went to Dublin, Kildare, Kilkenny, Limerick, Grishcommon. As well as going golfing. Dining out. And some of this definitely was before he was due out of his two week quarantine. Yeah. And as well as that he got got yanked for um, being on the phone while driving. I know. It was just
1: such a ridiculous scenario.
0: Everything went wrong. Like being on the phone. And he got away with it by the way. He didn't get a fine.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, that bit now I wasn't too I wasn't too pleased to hear because we definitely, if you were caught on the phone driving, you would get a fine. So that's just yeah. bollocks. That shouldn't be the case. He definitely should have gotten a fine, and there should have been a repercussion for that.
0: It's just such bizarre behaviour from from someone with such status that everything he's fucked everything up at every level possible, and to even to go into Kildare. When he, like, he's got a place, in, he his constituency when he was an elected official was was Kilkenny Carlo, you know. I mean, <clears throat> he's definitely located there. There was no fucking reason for him to go to Kildare. He had to pick some things up. Go to fucking centre to get your toothbrush, man.
1: Yeah, yeah. Actually, that was the thing. I think he had, he had accommodate, he'd temporary accommodation or he'd. He's got an apartment in the K Club. So he shouldn't have fucking, he shouldn't have come out of Kildare. That was a definite no-no. Whatever yeah. about everything else, he if he'd gone to Kildare, that was not something he should have done. But I saw a very good meme that I really enjoyed, and it was, what's the name of that fellow who painted the tins of tomato soup? Andy Warhol. Andy Warhol, and the, the quote attributed to him was, in the future, everyone will be agricultural minister for 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was very That's good. That's actually quite good. Yeah, yeah I thought it was very good.
0: Um, but it, it made me, like, think think about this, you know, about Phil Hogan as as a person. And, like, he's obviously, as D- trade commissioner for the EU, he's doing the, a buttload of travelling. He's got an apartment in the fucking K-Club. Like, you don't need an apartment in the K-Club. That's what the absurdly rich and whatever. They, they're the ones that have the abodes in the golf clubs. Yeah. Like, the lifestyle that man's got compared to who he actually is is bizarre. I know, yeah. Like... Would you, like, okay, would you rather have the lifestyle of Phil Hogan but look like Phil Hogan or have the lifestyle of yourself and look like a young Joseph Stalin?
1: Well, young Joseph Stalin was quite a, quite a good-looking chap.
0: Um, he was a beautiful man.
1: Um, he definitely didn't grow into a Phil Hogan. Um,
0: <laughs> like, like, Phil Hogan looks like someone who's had their face shrunk by a Snapchat filter, you know he he, he looks like Groove from Despicable Me. If he fucked a minion, shit, that's what Phil Hogan. I is. will
1: say Derek Cleary will be like a pig. I'd say if if uh, if Phil Hogan holds on to his job. Yes. After, after chucking it in and then seeing this asshole coming along doing that.
0: Hogan is never going to go willingly. Uh, firstly, because there isn't really a precedent for EU commissioners to be ousted by popular demand Mm. and secondly there's no guarantee that his replacement would be irish so even even people within you know the door and within the is there no within political circles is there there no
1: would it not be an irish replacement no not necessarily no okay i I just i just assumed i don't know that much about the whole structural thing but i would have thought it would have been
0: so it could go anywhere so really like I mean I don't know how much power having him as you know EU commissioner gives us anyway and of course he's going to have his own Irish slant but Mm. by virtue of the fact that he's an EU commissioner he has to be fairly EU focused as well you know so maybe there's small benefits there but so I don't know if if by calling for him to resign we're shooting ourselves in the foot to to any extent but I really do feel it's in his best interest to step down he's he's just done fuck the pooch
1: (laughs) Well, it was just so fucking ridiculous. That, I think that's the the general thing with it. It was just so damn ridiculous.
0: I have another good Phil Hogan one. Go on. Because I went, right, there must be something else he's done in the past. If if he's fucking this up, maybe he's got a, a history of fucking the pooch. was a real douchebag. Maybe he's a pooch fucker. Yeah. So, okay, so maybe you've heard this one. In 2013, he called journalists... Uh, in quotation marks because it's not a word I I would use he called them knackers
1: I saw that yeah I remember that
0: and he threatened to put manners on them because they published a picture of him and his press secretary in Qatar on the 2013 budget day and obviously this was 2013 we were you know very much in austerity Ireland and for him to be flouting this travel on budget day was pretty unacceptable so he got shitty that they. That they published pictures of him doing that, and he he says you'll never get at him from me again, and called them a bunch of knackers.
1: Mm. The threatening aspect of it, like, you know, it just showed an awful lot of his how he saw his role and with regards to other people. He's an awful, he's an awful fucking tool. It just a a real piece of shit. That guy, a real, jerk. a real jerk. What else am I going to say? Oh yeah, before we come to a. A conclusion without ever getting to it. I made my stone deadline thing.
0: You made a stone. Oh, you lost it. Great. Good job.
1: And now I'd say it probably came up a bit over the weekend. But I, like I'll be back down there again, you know. Um, But, <clears> uh, but I hit it. Great. How did you feel? I felt really good to have hit that barrier just because, you know, it, it, it was sort of a goal. And I, I, I hit it. Now I'm going. I haven't. It was my... It was my birthday over the weekend, so it was just kind of...
0: Happy birthday. Junction. Tweeted Stephen at Stephen Ryan JVS on Twitter. What's your Twitter name?
1: I don't know. Oh, Stephen Ryan J, I think.
0: Stephen Ryan, yeah. Tweet him happy birthday.
1: So I took the weekend off for that, and I, I had my cocktails and my pliken, but I'm back to it now again. So I didn't let the weekend... Uh, I didn't throw the baby out with the bathwater.
0: That would be a mistake. Bathwater is expensive.
1: Ah. Uh. So I didn't.
0: Oh, great. So you got the stone. That's fantastic. And have you been hard at it? Obviously not on your birthday weekend, but I, have you been I went, keeping up your running I went and stick? back
1: training yesterday. Um, I mentioned that the all training for adults was cancelled. Uh, they're out of quarantining now and they're good to go again. So we were at training yesterday and we've our first match on Thursday.
0: Great. Are you certain?
1: I don't know and don't really mind, but I'll be there.
0: Cool, congratulations.
1: So, yeah, I'm going to try keep going with the weight and get down another bit. Try hit 20, 20 pounds first and just keep keep tipping along at it.
0: Now, you've got six days left to do your half marathon. Right. Are you, are, are we giving up that that's going to happen by the end of August completely?
1: Um, I'd like an extension on it. Okay. I'd like an extension uh, maybe to the end of September. Because if I got an extension to the end of September, I reckon I, I reckon I'd just do it better. Right. You know, I reckon if I did it now, I could do it. And then I'd be a bit knackered and my knees would probably be at me. And I wouldn't do it with the same aplomb I might if I had maybe lost another stone.
0: Okay, so 30th of September. Yeah. I'm going to write that down. okay
1: i think if i had another stone gone i'd probably just be a little lighter on my feet and it wouldn't it wouldn't be as laborious
0: yeah well i hope i hope you do do it because you've been we've been talking about it for ages now and look i'm fully I, i've never been able to do it you so if if you're able to do it
1: well i put I'd it i'll put probably. it this way I've, I've like last week i covered i covered 60 kilometers in in six days so that's great so, you know, that's three 3 half marathons pretty much over the course of a few days. But just putting them together would probably the wear and tear of it would probably just be hard on the knees.
0: Do you have any other goals or resolutions throughout lockdown or as a result of of corona that aren't to do with fitness?
1: Well, I like I'd lots of stuff that I I I was doing a course and I was doing, um, you know, there, there was lots of little goals that I had, and I'm doing okay, you know. I definitely think coronavirus hasn't been wasted on me. Right. I've made the most of it, even though it was hard. But I haven't, I haven't kind of just let the time go by me. Not pleasant, but I think I, I think I've, I've come out of it in a better place than when I went into it.
0: That's good to hear. Like, I've been thinking about that recently because, like, as we're looking into, um a second lockdown now and and as we have pretty much spent the entire year working from home and and being in different settings than we're used to I've been thinking about you know people around me and about myself and for anyone I know they're not coming out of lockdown in the same situation good, bad or indifferent than they were in before they went in you know like pretty much everyone I know in Dublin has moved house Um, throughout that time and Yeah, I mean, still within Dublin uh, for the most part, but why is that? I don't know, I, and that's kind of what I'm I'm getting at is over lockdown, people have had so much time to think, and I maybe I think maybe we touched on this a little bit before, but at, at the start, everything f- felt very, you know, all these changes are good and 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 motivated and motivated by good, and you're like, you know, people are moving, people are switching new jobs, people are doing whatever, people had so much time to think when lockdown started and they were using that productively and as that goes on in the same way that you see the results of people going to an event being reflected in covid stats two weeks later at the moment we're seeing the 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 consequences of a lot of decisions that people have made because of covid at least starting to come to fruition and it really it really made me think these decisions we're making because we have so much more time on our hands how do we know they're good? bad or indifferent decisions and if there are even things we would have done before w- without having so much time to think on our hands but like and i'm not saying people are making bad decisions it's just how, how do you know when the decision you're making is 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 one you you, sh- you should make when you're in such a vacuum you know it, it's the world we're living in now is so surreal and we're so isolated that people are just thinking and doing how about you a uh, whole lot's changed for me. Like, the, to be honest, the biggest change I'm going to be making, I, I'm not really able to go into on the podcast just yet because of uh, just general life situation. But lots has changed for me in general. You know, I was uh, in a relationship at the start of lockdown. Mm. I, I'm not now. Uh, that's certainly a, um, a big life change for me, is that going back to, you know, the open world, when it opens back up again, is, is going to be very different to the world I was in beforehand. You know, people who lived two doors up from me or will no longer live two doors up from me. And that just kind of the way I recognized the world before lockdown started is not the exact same way I recognize it and I'm not negotiating um existence through the same lens mm. as I was before. And it's it's so interesting because I don't think the amount of change that everyone has felt over the last six months would have happened as quickly if normal life had been ticking on because we have work distractions, because we have a social life. This isolation has spurred on change much, much quicker. And you just think, yeah, that that it's going to make for some really interesting fallout.
1: Going to put you on this decision making seat, Adam. Go on. Generally, having time to sit around and think and make decisions. Good thing, bad thing.
0: I think it's a great thing.
1: There you have it, folks. It's a great thing. COVID is a great thing. You heard it from Adam.
0: It's a great thing, but it makes for some very unpredictable fallout. Yeah. And I I guess I don't know what I I was trying to get at, just that I've been thinking about all the thinking people have been doing Mm. and wondering how those consequences are playing out for people because there's never been, at least in my living experience, so much time for introspection and reflection and people are making decisions. I know so many people, you know, going back to college or moving house, moving country in a, in a different place in their lives. And it's all coming from just having more time to think and and feel and and not do, essentially. And and that, that act of not doing has really maybe freaked people out and maybe it's panic that brought on some decisions. But yeah,
1: has anything changed for you in that respect? I started the year knowing that this is going to be a very transformative year that a lot of things would change Please. and that i kind of knew that it would be a difficult year didn't obviously think it would be this fucking difficult but i knew there'd be a lot happening what? and yeah it was sort of in keeping with it like i didn't a lot of things have changed but i thought it was going to change this year anyway you know why just with where i was at i was sort of i was stagnating at the start of the year and I kind of knew I needed to move forward, move on from a lot of things. And I knew there'd be stuff that would happen in the year that would that would mean I would have to move on. I, it wasn't a case of I just couldn't sit, sit on my big, beautiful yeah. laurels anymore.
0: But Jesus, you never expected it would be such a fucking dumpster fire. Yeah.
1: But, but <laughs> the, the one thing I am kind of pleased that I, I finally made that move and I'm getting fit and I'm going to... Have to love you and leave you, Adam, because I'm going to go for my run now. And I want to do it before it gets completely dark. Don't forget your high viz. Up yours, Adam. Oh, bollock. No. No, we're good, I think. Oh, I thought I'd forgotten to record. I actually hadn't. I just wasn't. Um.